Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Church Online. I hope you're excited to be with us this morning. And, and uh, man, I am excited about today. I'm excited for a couple of reasons. One, uh, man, after much prayer and preparation, we have decided to start uh, having uh, uh, live services again on May 24th at 10 a.m. May 24th, this coming Sunday, we will start having in-house uh, services once again. And, and listen, we have, we have sanitized the building. We have moved the chairs to, to give space for social distancing. We have, we have created a touchless environment just for you and with you and your family in mind. And man, we'll, we'll be releasing more details about that, but we cannot wait until we are able to get back together. And for the, for those who, who still feel a little uncomfortable coming, we're, we're going to still have Facebook messages. It, it will just be the message. It, it won't be worship and announcement. It's going to just be me preaching and live in our, in our sanctuary. And so whatever way, whatever way you feel comfortable, man, we can't wait until next Sunday to worship Jesus with you. And uh, the second thing I'm excited about is, man, we get to start a brand new series called Four Letter Words. And and as you were growing up, your your parents probably taught you some four letter words to kind of stay away from. And if you did say those four letter words, you were going to taste the flavor of the month, the flavor of soap uh, in your house. And and um, here's what I know: there are also some four letter words in the Bible that are kind of uncomfortable to talk about, but yet they're throughout, they're weaved throughout God's word. And, and so we're going to talk about some of those four-letter words over the next three weeks. And man, I would encourage you not to mess a week of it. Well, hey, Sherry celebrated her 40th birthday on Friday, 40 years old. Go ahead and, and wish Sherry a happy birthday right now. And, and I know I'm not supposed to tell people my wife's age and, and things like that, but here's the deal. I'm excited that she turned 40, to be honest. And I'll tell you why. I've been in the land of, the, the land of 40 for a couple of years. And I always look at her and say, are you ever going to come over? Are you, are you ever going to make it? Like the water's fine over here. Like it is great. Like the, the, the 40 is the new 20. So get over here, girl. When are you going to make it? I'm, I'm happy to say and she finally took the leap and um, she is now on the island of the 40s with me. And so like a good husband, I, I started ordering her gifts and if they were coming in, uh, you know, she would see them, you know, in package or a box or whatever. And, and uh, she would say, are you going to let me open it? I'm like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. It's not your birthday. So I'm not going to let you open it. And so I would just stick them in, in, in Kelvin's room. And, and, uh, so every time she has to walk by in Kelvin's room or whatever, she'll see them. And, and, uh, the other day we were on a date and she was like, are you really not going to allow me to open my gift until my birthday? And I said, absolutely. It is not your birthday. And I am not allowing you to open your gift until it is your birthday. And she said, I hate waiting. And I said, you know what? I do. Two. I hate waiting too. And, and, and so 
Here's the thing about waiting. Is the, 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 that's the four-letter word that we don't like. We, we don't like to hear the word wait. The, the average person spends an hour a day waiting in line. Think about that. An hour a day waiting in line. The average person spends two weeks of their lifetime waiting at a red light. Two weeks of their lifetime spending at a red light. The average person spends 43 days in a lifetime on hold. And most of that has been with the IRS here lately. Uh, But seriously, the average person spends 43 days a lifetime on hold. People are waiting everywhere. Everywhere we look, people are waiting. You know what else we don't like waiting on? God. Like, we don't like waiting on God. Have you ever noticed that God is the slowest yet, per, uh, slowest person yet on time person you've ever met? Like, he is slow, but yet he's always on time. Let me ask you a question. Are you waiting on God right now? Have, have you been praying for something, but it hasn't happened yet? Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe, maybe you've been sick. Maybe you haven't been feeling good or whatever. So you've been praying, God, heal me. And, 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 and yet you're still walking in that health issue. You're still waiting for God's healing and that health issue. And maybe, maybe it's a decision you need to make. Maybe you have a hard decision. You have to wait and you're waiting on God to give you guidance. Maybe it's you getting married. Maybe you want to be married and, and you know what? Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright hasn't appeared yet. So you're just waiting saying, God, I'm not getting any younger and, and man, God, I'm just waiting for you to send me that right person. Or maybe you're starting a family. Maybe you want to start a family and, and you're waiting and, and, and God hasn't, God hasn't given you the, the gift of, of being a family yet. Maybe it's financial. Maybe you need a financial breakthrough and, and you're just waiting for God to provide. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's, I, I don't know whatever that is, but maybe you're just waiting and, and you're waiting. And, and here's what I know. The Bible's full of people who are waiting. The Bible is full of people who are waiting or who have waited on God. So I don't know what you're waiting for, but I know this, that God has a plan in your waiting. Go ahead and write that down. God has a plan in my waiting. Now we know Jeremiah 11 is a pretty popular Bible verse that has been printed on many things, right? And here it is, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So most of us, again, we, we've seen that verse, we've, we've read that verse, we've heard that verse, but do we realize where that verse is put at? Like, do we realize the context of that verse? Because when God gave that promise to them, they were in a very difficult uh, time. They were going through a very difficult time. They were, they were in, they were in what we, what the Bible calls exile. As a matter of fact, Jeremiah 29, 1, this is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests and the prophets and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Did you catch it? Did you catch where they were? They were in exile. And to, and to be in exile is to be forced from your home or country. They were in a hard place when God gave them that promise of, hey, I have a great plan for you. I have a great future for you. But you know what they had to do? They had to wait. 
And they had to wait on that promise. They, they, had to, they had to go through some things before they got to see that promise. You know how long they had to wait? 70 years. 70 years. I don't know about you, but, man, I get tired of waiting after two minutes. I'm like, God, man, I, I prayed this like two minutes ago, and I don't see anything happening. And, and if you're anything like me, you, you get a little frustrated with, with waiting, too. You, you get a little anxious while you wait as well. We, we see in this chapter, though, and this is the thing. There is purpose in waiting. Go ahead and write that down. There is purpose in waiting. Most of us think of waiting as wasted, but God wants us to think of waiting as preparation. Let me say it again. Most of us think of waiting as wasted, but God wants us to think of waiting as preparation. So God gave them some things to do while they waited. And I think we could apply these to our lives. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, God wants us to live while we wait. Jeremiah 29, 4-7 says, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase the number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. God says, I want you to build houses. I want you to settle down. I want you to plant. I want you to start families. I want you to pray for the city. God was saying, I want you to live. I want you to live while you wait. This was hard for them. They have just been, they, they've been taken away from everything that they knew. And here's God saying, hey, I, you're going to have to wait. And it's going to be 70 years before you're delivered. But while you wait, I want you to live. Do you know what most of us do while we wait? We complain. We, we complain. God, when, when's it happening? God, when, when are we going to be delivered? God, when, when are you going to heal me? God, when are you going to provide? God, when are you going to do this? And God, when are you going to do this? And we, we, we stomp around like two-year-olds. And, and, and listen, and I know that because that's me. I don't like to wait. And, and, I, and if you're anything like me, you don't like to wait either. But here you have God saying, I don't want you to wait. I want you to wait on purpose. I, I want you to wait on purpose. It, it, it's easy in those times to give up, right? It's easy to, it, in those times to get frustrated with God and just throw in the towel and say, man, God, I'm done. I don't want to wait. I'm going to figure this out on my own. Do you know what most of us though? Most of us don't like to wait, right? Most of us can feel the tension of where we just don't like to wait. Notice this though, that God didn't ask them to pray for a way out. He said, pray for what you're in. Think, think about that. God didn't say, hey, I want you to pray for a way out. He said, I want you to pray for what you're in. I want you to pray for the city. I want you to prosper in the city because God, you bless the city. I will bless you. When's the last time that you prayed for what you were in? Like, when's the last time you prayed while you were in that difficult uh, circumstance? When, when's the last time you prayed for what you were in? We, sing, we spend so much time praying for a breakthrough. But what if that breakthrough requires you to go through a waiting period? 
What if that breakthrough required you to go through a waiting period? As a matter of fact, Philippians 4.11, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Sometimes God does not get you out of your struggle because he needs you to go through your struggle, right? You've been there? Like, like God didn't deliver you out of it. God delivered you through it. And this is what God is doing. He's like, yeah, I can deliver you out of that struggle, but I'm going to deliver you through that struggle. God does not, does not want to deliver us out of our waiting. He wants to deliver us through our waiting. If you're waiting on God right now, then, then just ask him, God, what is the purpose of my waiting? God, why are you asking me to wait? What, 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 what do I need to learn through this? What, what do I need to do to, 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 to get through the waiting? How can I live while I wait? If you're taking notes, write the second one down. God is working in our waiting. Jeremiah 29, 10 says, this is what the Lord says when 70 years are completed for Babylon. I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God says, I know the plans I have for you and they're good plans and they're plans of the future and they're, they're plans of hope and they're plans of prosperity. But until you get to that place, I need you to trust that I'm working in your waiting. Listen, plans are plans because they have not happened yet. When those plans happen, they're called history. And so God says, I have a plan. I have a plan, but you got to go through this. You got to go through the waiting period. You got to go through the struggle. And listen, everybody, we all have to do the same thing. We all have to go, but here's the thing. We have to trust that God is working while we're waiting. He, he is working on increasing our trust in him. Trust means believing two things about God. He is powerful and he is loving. He is working on giving us power to get, to let go of control. That, you know, that's the reason why we don't like to wait because we're not in control. It, 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 when we're waiting, it reveals some things. It reveals our doubt. It reveals our weaknesses. It reveals a lot of things. We don't like to, we don't like for those things to come to the surface. And so when we're waiting, we're out of control. And that is where God wants us. Because when we're out of control, we know who is in control. He is working on giving us patience. Anybody need patience? Man, I, I need patience. Like I need it all the time. He is working on killing our idols. You know, the things that we run to instead of running to him. He is working on getting us where we're at to where we need to be. We might not think anything is happening, but God is working on changing us. Everything that happens while we wait is used to prepare us inwardly and outwardly. And every prayer, if every prayer were answered immediately, if every need was met instantly, if every problem automatically solved, our faith would never be stretched. We would be a bunch of spoiled little brats. And we wouldn't have no need of faith, right? Matter of fact, Deuteronomy 18 says, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble 
and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his command. You're waiting at what it is, but it's not what it seems, right? All we can see is this, and God can see the big picture. What you see at your present, and God sees your future. Where you see defeat, God sees victory. Where you see sickness, God sees healing. Where you see an obstacle, God sees a breakthrough. God is working even in our unbelief. What was meant to destroy them was the very thing that God was going to use to deliver them. What has God taught you about yourself as you have waited? What has God shown you during this time of quarantine and as we wait, as we wait for uh, the country to open up, as we wait for things to start going back? What, what has God taught you? Because listen, everybody, even while we've been quarantined, God's been working. God hasn't been quarantined. His power, his blessings, and everything good about God hasn't been put on hold because we have been put on hold. God is always working, even when we don't see it, even when you don't feel it, God is working. The God who knows the plans also carries out those plans. If you're taking notes, write this third one down. God will be found in our waiting. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 14 says, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. The exiles did not have to wait 70 years before they started seeking God. God invited them to seek now. We don't wait until our trials are over to seek God. We seek God in our trials. We don't wait to worship when our trials are over. We, we worship him right now. We worship as we go through those trials. We praise him as we go through those trials. We, we, we believe, we declare his promises as we go through those trials. As we wait, we worship. As we wait, we pray. As we wait, we believe everybody. We have a habit of seeking out many things though, right? We, we seek out people. We seek out relationships. We seek out material things. We seek out anything that will numb the waiting. God says, seek me. Jesus said the same thing in Matthew 7, 7, 8. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Listen, if you start where you are, God will take you where you need to be. I have a picture in my office, and it's sitting on my bookshelf. So my my desk face my 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 desk faces my bookshelf, and and there's a picture that Sherry got me a few years ago when we were living in Kansas. And it says that pray hardest when it's hardest to pray. Pray hardest. Like, like, like stick your feet in the ground and, and put in that grind of praying when it's hardest to pray. Don't quit when it gets hard. Keep going when it gets hard. Don't quit because you have to wait. Keep going. Keep going. God says when you pray, he will listen. It may be silent. You might not be hearing anything from God, but God is listening. 
God says to seek him with everything. The, the funny, funny part of hide and go seek is when the seeker finds the hider, right? Because here's the deal. He, he or she found you. They're excited. And, and here's the other thing. They're not alone anymore. Like they know where you are, so they're not seeking anything. And, and it brings them joy and it brings them peace. And, and when we find Jesus, not that he's hiding from us, but when we find him, we receive joy. We receive comfort. We receive peace because we know that we're not waiting alone, that he is in this with us, that he is walking with us through this too. He is working in our waiting and we can seek him while we are waiting. God says to seek him with everything, right? To seek him with everything. God told them he would bring them back. Here's what I know about God. He is a promise maker and also a promise keeper. God kept his promises to them. And listen, everybody, he will keep his promises to you too. I've read that there are over 3,000 promises in the word of God. He will keep every single one of them. Not one of them will fall void. You can stand on that today. God is a promise keeper and a promise maker. I'm going to close with this. The wait may be long, but it will be worth it. You might have been waiting a long time. They had to wait 70 years. But listen, it's totally worth the wait. It's totally worth the wait. Let's pray. God, as I pray for everyone who is in the season of waiting, I pray you will give them strength as they wait. That God, that you would help them to live in the waiting to know you're working in the waiting and to seek you in the waiting. If you have been waiting a long time, if you've been waiting on something, just, just tell God, God, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting, Lord. And tell him what you're waiting on. Tell him what you've been praying about. Just tell him right where you are. God, I've been waiting for this. And then live in it. Live while you wait. Know that God is working while you wait and seek him while you wait. Still praying that if you would like to receive Jesus as your Savior, now is an incredible opportunity to do that. Just simply pray this prayer right where you are. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, save me. Jesus, set me free. I give you control. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.